Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm Sherry. And I'm David. And we are continuing our topic of parenting from last time. So many really good things. Yeah. So definitely go back and listen to that one if you haven't already. But we're talking about a lot of parenting principles in this episode and probably the next episode as we're working through some just really good tips and and helpful uh, principles and concepts as you're thinking about parenting. So I think first, the first one that we want to talk about today is this concept that when we're parenting, it's not about us. Right. And I think there's a couple different areas that that kind of comes into, but it's this is such a huge topic. It is something I remember the moment that I had this epiphany <laughs> with my daughter who is autistic. And I, I seem to remember us talking about this on one of the other episodes, but she had this moment where, you know, I was upset. And this is mu- way before... I knew that she was autistic. We didn't, her diagnosis process was a very, very long, took many years to kind of get through. And anyway, there was this something that she was doing and it wasn't acceptable. And I was trying to talk to her about it. And she was young, very young. And she looked at me and she said, I want to do what I want to (laughs) do. And I realized in that moment, I just had this aha moment that, oh, I've made this about me because she's not doing what I want her to do. Mm. And that is a problem because her experience as a child is not about me. (laughs) And it's not about like her needing to do the thing that I want her to do so that I can be okay. Or, um, you know, our children sometimes do stuff and we're like, Oh, that's going to impinge on my personal time or, um, well, that's gotta be like that. That's got to be hard anyway, because there's these moments of individuation where right. when they're really little, they really aren't themselves yet, yes. right? So <laughs> yes. all of a sudden, I mean, you treat them like this for years, and then moments like that where you step back and go, oh, you are yes. your own person, like you entirely. <laughs> and, I, and I haven't made that separation of you are your own person. You're still sort of an extension of me, so what do yes. I want? Yes. Yeah. Or I'm frustrated that I have to take time out of my life to manage yeah. and help you work through this problem, right? All of those emotions and those feelings when we've made it about us can completely crumble anything that we're hoping to achieve yeah. with our children. Yeah. And so it's really important as we're looking at the interactions that we're having with our children that we recognize those spaces, however small they may be. I don't, I don't think there's ever a time where it's a zero-sum game, either I'm doing it or I'm not. Right, I think right. there's a spectrum of 
how much am I making this about me, whether it's externally in the things that I'm saying to my child or internally because I'm getting, I'm starting to feel resentment because it's been a half an hour and I was supposed to be at the gym, you know, (laughs) 10 minutes ago and I'm getting upset inside, right? Any amount of that is going to be detrimental to the relationship that we're having with our child. Yep. Important principle here, uh, understand as a parent that there are two separate programs. There's love (laughs) and trust. Yes. And this will help children to word it this way even. Yes. To where I do love you very much, I just do not trust you. And Mm -hmm. so in this thing, trust is not an all or nothing. Right. But in this thing. this area. That way it doesn't, it's just clear for children who are, struggling to understand why something is happening or why they can't do something. Um, why there's a consequence. Why there's a consequence. And this is something that a lot of parents, unfortunately, will sort of, you know, not be very responsible because they want their child's love and acceptance in that moment. But you may not have it if mm-hmm. you're going to follow through. And if you don't trust them, they need to build trust back with you. And you need to yes. communicate this. So I yes. do love you very much. I just don't trust you. Yeah. If you do this, basically, if you are where you say you are doing what you say you're doing, yes. this is a great start and, and we'll build trust back. But right. help them to understand that those are two different things. And because I love you, you will have food, you will have shelter, you yes. will have some important <laughs> things. But what you want to do right now, or whether it's play video games or go to a friend's or whatever, that's based on trust. And Mm -hmm. if you show up and do what you say, and we can build it back, but those are two separate things. And I think it's helpful to put the responsibility on them, right, for building the trust. So even as, as I phrase it with my kids, I'll even say, like, I love you, but you aren't acting in trustworthy ways. Right. Perfect. Yep. So that it's not like, I don't trust you. Right. Because that it sounds like it's my responsibility for, to, to have trust in you, whether or not you are being trustworthy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like you should just like, I, well, I said, I'm not going to do it now. Okay. But that is based on you being consistent over time and not doing that thing that you said that you're not going to do. Right. And so I think sometimes it can be helpful depending on your child and and where they're at to word it in that way. You haven't been acting in trustworthy ways. Yep. And so in order for you to build trust with me, these are the things that that need to happen. And it also reinforces again this idea that what you've done was less effective. Who you are is good. Yes. So even though I don't trust you, I do love you. Guess why? Because you're lovable, because yes. this is separate from what you just messed up or mm-hmm. what you're doing wrong, your stuff. And so it's just more reassurance. And parents, believe me, like we don't do enough reassurance. Right. Even when we think we are, we're not. Still I mean, not. you know how much I talk to my children about this and they'll still come to me with stuff where I'm scratching my head. Why do you feel so much shame around this when mm-hmm. I've tried so hard to differentiate behavior from from worth and value and they still, it's so natural. So every opportunity we can take that reassures, reinforces this idea, do it. Right. And that's one of the things that I tell my kids that they just, just love is there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do that will make me love you 
less. That's good. And there's nothing you can do that will make me love you more. Like, it's just there. It's just there. It's just there. Like, I love your guts. I love, like, I just love you to pieces. And that is always there. There's nothing you can do to make me love you more or less. And I think that's, you know, kind of helpful sometimes. And so then I can bring that up. That's good. Right? Yeah. Then I can bring it up when they're like upset about something and they're, you know, they think that I'm, you know, getting really irritated or frustrated with them or they're just like, "Ah, ah," you know, I'll say, okay, wait, 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 wait. Do you think that I love you less right now? Mm. Right? Or we can kind of, you know, go into that. Like, remember, like I, this isn't about whether or not I love you. Right? I love you completely and wholly and just every cell inside of mm-hmm. you I just love so much, right? And this isn't about that. This isn't about now I love you less. This is about the trust, right? That separate program. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Two separate programs. Okay, the next one, next parenting principle is that parenting is a process of letting the go. The art of letting go. <laughs> as as they're growing right as they're differentiating from you and becoming their own human beings right we we begin that process and we transfer transfer responsibility for their life onto them as they demonstrate the ability but also the willingness um to accept it and also part of that's you know age too oh for sure Right. And this is good language for teenagers because they don't like all the rules and restrictions usually, but it's a really mm-hmm. good kind of reframe to say, I want you to be responsible for your life. I want you to have uh, what you want. And in fact, you're getting older and pretty soon you will be entirely responsible yes. for your life. And that's the natural order of things. I want that for you. However, <laughs> this is kind of the trust thing again. If mm-hmm. you do certain things... I need to then be responsible more for your life than I actually want to be. So if you can become more trustworthy, I will step away more and more, which is what you want me to do. But if let's say the curfew is 10 and you're coming home at one, that's demonstrating that you aren't responsible for your life enough yet, which means I've got to step in now as a parent and be more responsible. But guess what? I'm telling you, I want you to be responsible for your life, not me. Kind of right. like you're in agreement here. You yes. just, if you say you're 10 and you come page. home at one, I can't trust that. So it, it reframes it to where it's not the traditional, you know, you need to do as I say, as if right. I just want to control you and that's my goal. No, my goal is for you to be responsible for yourself. I want that for you. So just the wording can be important, especially for teenagers. Yes. I've learned. I just, I love that wording so much. And it also opens the space for communication as well as like negotiating, you know, when they're like, okay, well, it, can I do 1030 then, you know, you can have some of those conversations. Like, I think that I can still do the things that I need to as a responsible teenager and come home at 1030. And you can look at that and go, actually, you know, that's, that's legitimate or, I see that, but on the flip side, you're not getting up in time for X, Y, and Z when you stay up late right. past this time. Right. You know, and it becomes this beautiful conversation that is part, really a critical part of that transferring responsibility mm-hmm. for their life onto themselves. Because right. 
they're still living a ton in their prefrontal, not in their prefrontal cortex, right? Like that, their prefrontal cortex, which is that processing, decision-making, you know, responsible part of their brain isn't fully developed yet and, and won't be until they're in their early to mid twenties. Yeah. So when you're having those conversations, when you've opened that door and it's not just to stop it, you're not doing what I want you to do, but you open that door for the conversations it helps them to get into their prefrontal cortex and start seeing the things that they didn't notice or weren't aware of yet um, and starts working that, that process in that part of their brain to figure things out that they will need to figure out later in life. Right. Yep. I just love that one so much. That's a good one. Yes. Okay. Here's a really hard one. <laughs> be willing to work hard and to suffer in order to do well as a parent. And yes. I can't think of better examples of this than when there's something that you really want to do, but to be a good parent, mm -hmm. to do well as a parent, you are sacrificing, yes. which is maybe not all that surprising because love is sacrifice, right? Right. But I gave this example in the last episode, but we're headed out on a date night but there's some drama at home. Mm -hmm. I don't want to deal with the drama at home. I want to go on a date. I've yes. been working all week. <laughs> I want to leave tracks, burn rubber in my cul-de-sac leaving. But if I want to do well as a parent, I need to sacrifice in a sense the time to sit down, to understand, to talk. Maybe relate to something, mm -hmm. but the child will benefit from that. So right. if you want to do well as a parent, just accept that there's sacrifice, there's going to be discomfort, there's going to be changing yes. plans, which can be really hard for some of us if we're all about expectations and when they're not met, we're like devastated. Uh huh. That's me. So <laughs> this is not easy to say, oh, okay, I would help him to learn how to mow the lawn when all I want to do is be somewhere else doing something else. Right. So be willing to sacrifice is another way to say this. Yes. Just accept it. Don't don't resist it. Just accept this is going to really cut into a lot of the stuff I want to do. Mm-hmm. And again, I think the sacrifice, it's important to differentiate between um, sacrificing to do well as a parent and to love your child and boundaries, right? It doesn't mean sacrificing means I just get run over all the time, but it does right. mean I need to be aware that there are going to be many times, right? When I don't do maybe something that I want My to do. My plans change. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, and it requires a lot of balance. I feel like, <laughs> uh, again, I, I know I've said this a million times, but healthy living is balanced living. And so there are many, many times of sacrifice, but then that pulls you know, me into like the first thing that pops into my head when I'm thinking of, okay, how do we find balance? Because there are examples like uh, a friend of mine's daughter came to her one day and said, I, well, I don't want to be a mom. And she said, well, why? And she said, well, because moms never get the donut. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. And that is an example of sacrifice, but maybe too much, <laughs> right? Maybe. It's important to just kind of look at that concept. Did I do too much where you know, my kids see me as the person that always gets walked on, that never gets to do anything that, <laughs> that is important to them, There's right? There's an SNL sketch on, sketch on this where, uh, oh, what's her name? She was on Ghostbusters. She's on Secret Life of Walter Mitty. No. Um, oh, 
what's her name? Kristen Wiig. Yes. So there's an SNL sketch. It's hilarious where it's Christmas morning and dad and the kids are opening these presents oh, and they're awesome. And one. she either doesn't have presents or they're like really lame. Yes. Like, they're really like. <laughs> mom sacrificing for everybody on Christmas. It's hilarious. Look it up if you if you want. But yes. Yes. This is the idea. And we, we really have that especially with women. Right yeah. in our culture, that the woman's job is to sacrifice anything and everything, and just kind of be walked on, and everyone else gets all the benefit. And so, as we're talking about the critical nature of suffering and sacrificing in order to be a good parent, again, I think for some people, as we say that, they're going to be like, Ugh, "I have to do something, right? <laughs> Fine." I have to do something to sacrifice. And then we'll have other ones that are going to be on the opposite end that yeah. we're saying, okay, no, wait, wait, wait. you need to kind of pull that back a little bit and still be taking care of your own needs yeah. and doing some of those things. Right. Um, so, so kind of a figure out where you are on that space. Are you a person that tends to just do everything for everyone else, extreme giver kind of a situation or, are you maybe someone who really needs to be willing to take a little bit more time with your kids and sacrifice? And I think there's there's another concept where maybe you might be an extreme giver in certain things and an, and not at all in other things, uh, right? Like maybe communicating with your child might be really challenging, but you'll totally you know, run them around and do whatever on the other side. So again, this might be a space where you're trying to find balance in multiple areas of your life. And, and you might say, well, I will hundred percent walk out that door. Like, I don't care what time it is. And I'm, you know, going on that date and I'm not willing to pull back and sacrifice for my child and helping them understand something, but maybe in another way, mm -hmm. you're totally walked on all the time. Right. So it's important to kind of find those balances, find that balance. And definitely accept this idea that it's just going to be giving things up and changing plans. and But that's good. That's okay. It is. It is if it's within that balanced space. The next parenting principle concept, regulate your own emotions. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I think, one of the big ways that our children parent or teach us, right? Yeah. They they take the necessity of regulating your own emotions to an entirely new level. <laughs> yeah. You'll never be as frustrated as with children, right? Right. Even just circumstantial, everybody's sick, things are happening all at the same time. Yes. You just will. Yeah. You're just completely depleted and you don't have a lot of extra. Oh man, you're going to learn. You're going to learn. And there's kind of a hierarchy here from worst to best, you think of your first reaction as a physical, like maybe I get physical, I push, I shove, I hit. Well, better than that, but not by much, would be an emotional reactivity where you're right. hurtful emotionally. Yeah. Well, beyond that is now we're getting into some better ways to respond instead of react where we're able to process and think mm -hmm. and um, say and do things that communicate the love message we want them to have. So if you struggle in your life with being reactionary, right. uh, parenting and reactions don't 
go very well. And so <laughs> whatever you need to do to develop patience, you know, mindfulness, we, whatever you need to do. I mean, listen to our yes. episodes. We have right. lots of stuff on what you can do, but T- taking your 10 minute break, <laughs> regulate your emotions. Really of all the things, probably I regret the most, it would be not regulating my emotions better. Right. And I didn't even know that this was a thing. That's why parenting is overcoming our weaknesses. Yes. I would have said I'm a pretty patient person and everybody right. who knew me, Oh, he's calm and cool. He doesn't get excited. Uh-huh. I had no idea. And yet, and yet, <laughs> holy cow. So yes, it's completely in that parenting scenario. So many things yeah. come up and I love what you said it, that not regulating your emotions and parenting don't go well together because if your emotions aren't regulated, whatever you're doing, it's not actually parenting. Right. It's all about you. Yep. And parenting is supposed to be, you know, all about them. Yes. (laughs) I mean, as much as you can. There's not a perfect, (laughs) it's not always all about them, but you know it's all about you if you're not regulating your emotions. Right. Such a critical, critical, critical thing. And I like what you said in the previous episode about that, that concept of it's really critical that you get those emotions out so that you can show up in that calm way. So you need to be reaching out to someone else, whether it's a therapist, a friend, uh, God, the empty chair, you know, whatever it is to let go of all of those things so that you can show up to your child in a loving, calm manner. Yes. Love that. So hard. (laughs) Oh man, really. I mean, it's easy to say just just regulate your emotions. This is like we spend a lifetime learning how to do this effectively. Yes. So just regulate your emotions. Just regulate your emotions. Come on. It's the just. just but at, but at least you know, even though it's going to be a process to figure it out and to right. change. But now you know. Another really good one is, and we talked about this um, in the last episode, but spending time with your children. And mm-hmm. we introduced this concept of turns. I call them turns. You can call them whatever you want, but a very consistent, everybody's getting time. Yes. This might be daily. It might be weekly. I recommend daily when things are really critical, like let's say divorce. Mm -hmm. It's like your children need you a lot Mm -hmm. in, in really tough moments, but you know, maybe minimum weekly, but just turns where they know it's coming. I'm going to have opportunity to just talk and be heard and undivided attention. Nothing else. Just me yeah. and children love that right obviously so if they're younger so it's it, it's called the parent or sorry it's called child directed activity right and it's, and so it's whatever they want to do if they want right. to chat with you or tell you about something if they want to play a game if they yep. want to grab an ice cream you know whatever it is it's a it's a child directed activity you're doing whatever they want to do <laughs> i have parents come in it's and never they say, a teaching thing yeah it's not meant to be making them better um, mm-hmm. our parents come in and say, you know, we're, we're doing this pretty consistently every night. I'm like, Oh, you are already fantastic. What is it? Well, we all watch, you know, the <laughs> office. I'm like, well, okay. I understand you're in the same room. Right. <laughs> so Tell probably not watching a show, which you might have to steer. <laughs> and I've had to do this, your child a bit where, you know, this time together, I don't want to just watch Right. Something. I want to connect Unless with it's you. like watching and talking a lot or something during. But usually, you know, that's not it. If it's right. just watching, um, maybe steer them in a little different direction. Right. That's the that's, only caveat I would have on that, probably. That's a good, good point. 
Do something where we're interacting. Yep. Play a game. Playing a game would be great. Yep. So, yes, child child directed um, and not a teaching time. So, of course, this is, you know, if you have really, really young children and, you know, you're, you decide to color or something like that, you're not teaching them, oh, what color is this? And tell me what what's the name for that? You know, that type yeah. of thing where you're, you're teaching them, right? This is just a time for them to just feel the love, which is hard to yeah. do if you're both staring yeah. at a screen. Yeah, definitely. Okay, the last one that we're going to talk about today is to be consistent. Oh, boy. <laughs> You're like, all of these are like the things that I struggle the most with. <laughs> right? <laughs> so make sure that as you're practicing these different things, as you're working on these different things, do it in these small and simple ways where you can be consistent over time. And if you need to just do one for a little while, you know, and get that under your belt as a, as a habit and a routine you know, but just be consistent with your parenting. Uh, in the studies, they found that w- whatever you're doing, the most important thing is to be consistent. If you're all over the place with all right. these different things, right. it's actually uh, more challenging sometimes and, and you have less, uh, your outcomes are less positive than if you're just consistently doing right. some things. Yes, be consistent. It's kind of this running joke where guys can tend to be less patient and so they get a little more attention because their impatience is consistent. Uh So this idea that like (laughs) mom comes, children are playing in the room. She says, hey kids, you have, you have five minutes. It's time to start getting ready for bed. And she comes back. Okay. you, You got two minutes. It's time to start getting ready for bed. Okay, now it's past time. You really need to do this now. Don't now don't make me raise my voice. I, I promise I would not yell. You need to do this. And this can go on and on and on. Right. Versus like dad who's like, you better get going. And they go, oh, we better move because that's it. That's all we're going to get. We know he's going to be consistent. Uh, and right. this isn't, everybody needs help with consistency. You've got to build and establish credibility with your children. Right. And if you say it, you got to mean it. Don't mm-hmm. say it if you don't mean it um, and follow through. So, And I think that follows right in line with the boundaries that we've you know talked yep. about in the last episode. Like you decide what the boundaries, this is what I'm going to, to do around this. This is the consequence and this is what I'm going to do. And then follow through and not like, yep. I really am. I promise. I really am. <laughs> I'm really going to do that. Yep. Your children will be like, uh, I, don't, I don't take you seriously. Sure. Dad, like when you told me you were going to rip my arm off and beat me with it. When did that ever happen? So I, you're not consistent at all. You're all over the place. I don't know when to take you seriously and and when to move. So. Right. And, and kids, I mean, adults too, but we need that structure. Yeah. And, and that is very uh, distressing for children when they have no idea. Right. When we're talking about, you know, earlier we were talking about that sensory, input and how like sensory seeking kids just need more sensory input. This is like an emotional space. Mm -hmm. Like children need to understand where the limits are and they will push those literally for the purpose of making sure they understand where they are. So sometimes you'll have kids and they're just pushing the limits and you're like, Oh, would you stop pushing the limits? Well, literally what they're doing is just trying to feel themselves in space, like feel their emotional space where, where are things? Where is the yeah. safety? Where is the structure so that I know the parameters yep. in which to work? 
Yep. And so the more consistent you are, the more the less they will be pushing those boundaries because every time they come up against it and every time they try to find it, it's in the same place. And even if they don't like where it is, they right. will feel safe. Yes. And when I was clinical director of an adolescent boys treatment center, all these boys would come in and immediately do better. And you could say, well, you know, there's other boys there and they're worried about what they think. But honestly, it was structure. Mm -hmm. They came into a place that go to bed same time, get up same time, go to school same time, eat same time, exercise same time. And that structure was really comforting. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of homes would immediately see an improvement in behavior just with being consistent and having a routine and structure. So absolutely. Right. right. And especially, you know, when we think about that, especially again, emotionally, make sure you're not um, eliminating that, right? Like as they're in that environment at that, uh, at that treatment center, they knew like, this is what will happen if I yeah. do this. And it would, mm -hmm. it would happen every time. So there's no question. Yes. And that's really comforting. Even if you don't like it, it's comforting. Mm -hmm. So You know exactly where it is. All right. Well, stay tuned. We'll do another episode. Yes. At least on, on some of these parenting principles and strategies. And hopefully they are useful and helpful as we're all trying to do a little bit better and trying to improve in our parenting. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.